Accidental Hope listeners, wanted to let you know that we have launched a Patreon. If you're interested in giving from a joyful heart, please follow Patreon forward slash Accidental Hope, and I would love your support. If this blesses you today, would you mind liking, sharing, following, subscribing, tell a friend, or even leaving a review? Thanks so much. Welcome to Accidental Hope Podcast, a community that seeks hope and healing from a faith perspective. My name is Jennifer, and I'm not an expert, but I do share life experiences because I believe it will help someone else. So get ready to open your heart, laugh, cry, and receive. Let's get started. Welcome back to part two of where we are listening to Michelle Bentham, founder of Blooming Inspired Network, talk to us a little bit about prophetic art. We were going into a story, which is one of my favorite stories I have ever heard about how God works in mysterious ways. And so if you will listen in as she tells us this incredible story of how God used her art. Kind of depends. I had a painting that sat on my easel for four years. One, because my confidence level wasn't there that I could, I could do it well. I had a photograph of a of some men sitting in a coffee shop, and I wanted to paint it. And I painted it in the background, and I just left it sitting there with the figures drawn in, but I not love painted. Story. For, yeah, I for four years. Story. And yeah, you want me to tell the story? Yes, I want you to tell the story. It's so good, guys. It's so good. This is the best story. Go ahead. Yeah. So my daughter and I, um, it was shortly after we moved to Granbury, and she came to town. She lives in Oklahoma. And we were walking the square, just visiting the shops and, and doing some things downtown. And we stopped into the Paradox Coffee Shop there on the square to get some water. And as we were sitting there, um, these three men were sitting up by the window. It was a young man, probably um, late teens, early 20s, and two older men who were very white-headed. Uh, one of them was balding and the other was just, and the, the one man had his back to me, but the young man was very engaged in this conversation he was having with these two men over coffee and it just captivated me. So I pulled out my phone and snapped a photograph of it. And then I took it home and my daughter said, did you get their permission to take their picture? I said, no, the rules in art are you can't paint things that you didn't photograph. But they didn't say I have to have permission. I said, besides, if I ever paint this picture, it will not look enough like these people for them to even know it's them. And so, um, because I just felt like I wasn't good at painting people. And so I was like, so it's not going to matter anyway. Nobody's ever going to see it and put together that it's those three men sitting in that coffee shop on that day. That was in March 2014. In February, uh, 2018, I was showing art in a studio there on the square called Against the Grain Studio, and it's now closed, but, but I was in there. Um, I put my stuff in there about six months after they opened and stayed with them until they closed the shop. And uh, I would go in on Fridays and paint in the shop. And so I brought several things to work on that day. And one of them was that painting of those three men. My brother had given me a canvas in 2014 for Christmas. So I drew that in. 
I actually had it sitting behind some paintings and had a student come in and was helping her with some painting things and she was flicking paint on her canvas and it actually got on that one so I had to go back and clean it up a little bit and if you know anything about acrylic paint once it's dry it's done it's there and you're not getting it off so I had to figure out how to um, fix that and there were windows in the painting these big plate glass windows um, on there and so there were lots of challenges in trying to make this painting look as authentic as possible when I brought it in the three figures were on there and I and I told her I said I don't even think I dare work on this in public because I just have no confidence I can do it well and she said then that's the one you need to work on mm -hmm. so I painted I painted in two of the men that night the two older men and then I brought it back over the course of several weeks and about mid-March 2018 I completed the painting and I posted a picture of it on, online the day I completed it and I had just varnished it and was and was completely done with it. And a friend of mine that I had worked with at our church sent me a message and said, this is the best painting you've ever done and I wanna buy it from you. So I sent him my price. He said, can't do that today. He said, but it'll take me a couple of months to save that up. I said, he said, but don't hold it for me. If it's supposed to go to somebody else, then let it go to somebody else. So I told him, okay. So I'm going to put it in the shop and if it sells, it sells. And if it doesn't, it's yours when you have the money to pay for it. And so I took it up to the shop the next Monday and on the way to the shop, the painting fell over and a big scratch got etched into part of the painting. So I was going to have to take it home and fix it. So I did, I took it home and I fixed it and I didn't bring that painting back up there for a month. I didn't display it publicly until wine walk. And we, we had an art booth there for the store and I put it up as one of my items for sale um, at the wine walk and the manager the catering manager from paradise came in and she said can I take a picture of that and I was like sure I said I have some prints available of it I was just in a sales mode and not connecting that she was thinking somebody might relate to it and so she took a picture of it and sent it to um, one of the managers of the coffee shop and so then he comes over and he looks at it and I was kind of busy and not really paying attention to the conversation. But he, when he let, right before he left, he said, he did a really great job of painting my dad's favorite chair at Paradise. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. Um, and so he asked me how much it was. I told him, he said, I'm gonna have to think about that. And he left. I would later learn he left because he was crying. He had tears in his eyes and he didn't want me to see them. So he, I leave that day. I had a coaching appointment that evening and the, the gals who are manning the, the tent in the evening start shooting me messages. I mean, they're blowing up my phone going, the guy about the painting is back. He wants to know if you have the original photograph because he thinks it's him and his dad. And so I'm like, I don't even know. So I went back to Facebook for four years ago and found the photograph and sent it to him. They said, yes, it's him and his dad. He didn't think it was dad because she painted hair on his dad and he's actually balding. And I was like, oh, and he said, but it's them. And I said, well, you tell him if you come back up there when we shut down tonight, I'll bring a copy of the photograph and give it to him. And so I went back up there, he bought the painting he bought the number one print for the painting and stood out there with me for an hour 
and told me the story of his dad. Now, here's the catch. His dad was kind of a real Freud kind of guy. He wasn't a believer at all. He was agnostic. And mm -hmm. so was the young man. But as I'm telling him, I said, I believe God orchestrates everything that I do. And I, I strive to listen to him and to be obedient to him. And that day I saw something in that photograph that captured my heart. And I felt like it was God talking to me. And I knew I would paint it. I said, but God allowed it to take me four years to paint this painting. And he even allowed it to get damaged where I had to fix it so that it would not be displayed before today when you would walk in and see it and eventually realize that that's a memory of you and your dad spending time together. And his dad had died eight months prior hmm. to that. And he said, I didn't believe it could be my dad and I simply because I didn't believe it anybody would have a recent picture of us at the coffee shop because right after I'd taken that picture, he had a major cardiac event that put him bedridden for the rest of the, his life. And so, and his son spent his days working at the coffee shop and taking care of his dad. He was very close to him. And he, and he said, you know, I don't have an explanation for this. And I would apologize for bringing God up. And he would say, please don't apologize. And by the end of the night, I was able to pray for him. He allowed me to take his picture and to tell his story on Facebook about the painting and about how God led me to paint the painting. And he actually liked it and shared it on his Facebook. It was an amazing moment. And I got connected with his sister. His whole family had a copy of that photograph and knew the story. And many of them actually bought the prints too. And I actually would have given him the painting if he would have told me he wanted me to give it to him. Um, because mm. I don't sell everything I get my husband told me the other day I give away more more than I sell and it's true because if I really believe it's for somebody and God hasn't told me to sell it I'll give it away but if he's put a he's given me a price if he's told me that I'm supposed to sell it then I know it's his way of providing for me and I sell them and so um he he kept asking me how much it was and I said my price is on it I said, but I don't want you to pay the full price for it. So you tell me what you can afford to pay and that's what I'll charge you. And he ended up paying almost the full price for it because that's what he wanted to. He said, I may even put this in storage and never look at it again. He said, but I can't walk away from here without that painting. So, and I know that every time he sees it, every time he remembers that occasion, he's going to think about how God gave me a vision to paint that painting so it would comfort him nine months after his dad died. So yeah, just incredible how God, how God worked all of those details out. No idea what I was doing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it just, I hope it's encouraging everyone who just heard that story because it's one of my favorite stories of how we can't fathom what God has planned and how it'll connect someone to something. And just, I just know how precious that must be. It, it is truly one of my favorite stories. Um, yeah. And paintings. And so, so that's and really paintings. how, <laughs> yeah, and that's really how prophetic art works. First Corinthians 14 really defines New Testament prophecy, and it says that it is given for um, encouragement, for building up, and for comfort. And so it's, and the, and the purpose of any spiritual gift is to build up the body of Christ into unity in the faith. I believe prophecy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. 
And we all, as believers in Christ, have access to it. So the short answer for me is often that prophetic art is simply art that is created or inspired out of encouragement or intercession. Mm. And, 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 you know, it gives people hope. It gives them a picture to hold onto that they can relate to God to. Um, so, yeah, prophetic right. art changed my life. And I've been expressing... Uh, I've been expressing art from a faith perspective since about 2006. And I really didn't think I was good at it. I don't even know what possessed me to buy paint and canvases and think I could do something with it. But, but it really became a lifeline and a healing thing in my life. And in turn, I found that it really worked that way in the lives of others as well. Oh, I'm so glad you did. Sometimes that's exactly all it takes is that little bit of, little bit of courage right that little tiny mustard seed yep. faith and you just sleep and you just go and let god take care of the details because his are going to be mind-blowing that what you could ever think of you know just that's, just do it that's yeah. absolutely true because people to, have told me you need to go to classes and you need to hone your art skills and i've tried and i've I've shown up in art classes and people have said, what did you come here for? And I've had other people tell me, you know, one of the difficult things about art is making something that's so unique that it own, that it's your expression and it's not somebody else. It, it doesn't look like somebody else's, but you have that. You have this thing that is so unique and different from what you can see anybody else doing. And so it, that was very encouraging to me. But what I would say is something that my friend Tracy tells me all the time. And she tells me obedience is the love language of the Holy Spirit. And what, you've, what you lack in technical ability, God will more than make up for if you will take tiny steps of faith. Think about Gideon. Think about Moses. Neither of those people thought they had anything of value to offer in the arena that God was calling them to. Mm -hmm. But because they were obedient, people found freedom and people were, found victory and they, they were stronger in their relationship with the Lord because they were, because these two men chose to be obedient to God and they had no skill set that would commend them to be who God called them to be, except for he planted in them the purpose and the calling that he had for their life before they were ever born and they were obedient to follow him through it. So good. So do it guys. So, Be obedient. This is tugging right. on your heart. Just do it. Just go for it. Yeah. And then share it with and us. If you, if you don't think you can do it and you live in Texas, come to my house. We'll do it together. Right. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, so, that's one of the things I tell people. They say, I wish I could do that. Well, come, come hang out with me for a little while. You will be. Yeah, let's just be. do this thing. Well, yep. um, so that would be a roadblock, right? Like one of the roadblocks would be your inner critic. What would be yeah. some roadblocks that that people will come anything. against? Because anything prophetic, anything that's going to connect you to the Lord, of course there's going to be that negative voice. Of course there's going to be the enemy trying to or stifle that connection. Um, so what are the roadblocks that we can just know and disarm them as soon as we see them? Well, I think that one of the biggest challenges that people will find is making time for it. Mm. The idea of that with art 
is often that it has to look a certain way or you need to be talented to do it, just like I was talking about. But when you look at it as building a relationship with God rather than creating a masterpiece, it becomes a conversation where God leads and you just follow. And so really setting a value on the time you spend with God and then engaging him in that and finding value in it. And the other thing is my way may not work for you. The way I do it may not work for you. Find what works for you. Maybe the journaling works for you. Do the written journaling if that's where you connect with him best. Figure out what works for you and do what works for you. Don't try to fit in somebody else's mold of what it should look like. Because I think that's what we do as human beings. We compare ourselves to each other and we try to find our value in the way somebody, you know, I remember when Beth Moore, it was a long time ago, probably in 2004, 2005, before there were blogs, she published on her website the list of resources she used to study the Bible. So I went and bought all of them because I wanted to know how she knew what she knew when she wrote her Bible study. And so I began to do my own word studies. And now I hardly ever turn to somebody else's material. I read scripture and I use resource tools and I do my own Bible study. Mm -hmm. And that's just because there's a teacher gift in me that bends me that way. I would have never been satisfied studying somebody else's relationship with God for the rest of my life. Um, But you find what works for you and you do what works for you. And if you could pick up a few tools that somebody else has and that helps you out, great. But if you come up with your own tools and God gives you some tools that nobody else is using, use them because those tools are from him and they're specific to you and they're part of how he's wired and made you to express him uniquely upon the earth you know what else it makes people hungry for him when you tap into who jesus is in you and let him begin to express himself through you it makes people hungry for him and that's that's the reason why you would want to overcome these roadblocks And so allow this to be a tool. Don't let the art be the end thing. Don't let the journaling be the end thing. Let the relationship you're building with God, the intimacy you're building with him through that process, be the end thing because that's where you're going to find your value. Oh, yeah. Oh, good word. And do you believe that art is healing? I do. Um, And that's not just something that, that, that exists in the Christian realm. It's something that they've been finding in psychology for a number of years, especially with small children. Mm-hmm. Um, small children often don't have wor- words to express their feelings, but they can draw you a picture to tell you what they're feeling. And so, uh, and, and people that have experienced severe trauma, which your audience is, are people who have often walked through trauma. Um, people who have experienced trauma may not have words to express what has happened to them but they can certainly draw a picture of it and so that's that's one of the things that I think really really becomes healing and and for me the art was healing I began painting in a season where my son had died then I started getting words about being a spiritual decorator I didn't understand what it meant I got words about being wildflower didn't understand what it meant so after I got those words, I said, oh, I'm just going to start painting people's prophetic words. Mm. And when I started painting people's prophetic words, when my son died, I began to do art because I needed to decorate a room. And then the art just kind of developed out of that through some prophetic words that I got where 
I began to paint other people's prophetic words. And I painted our family tree in a prophetic representation, uh, began to paint in healing rooms at our church where they were praying for physical healing and had some really amazing testimonies in that. So yes, I believe the art, I believe the art carries the anointing for whatever is happening in the room at the time that the picture is painted. Whatever the Holy Spirit's doing that's prompting the painting of the picture, there's an anointing for that healing that's carried through the image, no matter where it's displayed. Even copies of the image, photographs of the image will carry the same anointing as the painting. And I've seen time and time again how that, that works and how it heals people. And so... Oh, I love Just it. like the young man that I saw that day who allowed me to pray for him, even though he didn't believe in God. That was just incredible, right? Right. So. That truly had to have touched him. His heart had been softened to a point where then he was receptive for the prayer. That's all the time we have for today. I hope you enjoyed this wonderful story about how God will work and use any little bit of faith we give him the timing. Sometimes we get so frustrated and caught up with wanting to complete a task and why is nothing coming out right or turning out the way we thought it would and really what's happening is there is stuff being worked out in the background. If only we could have those spiritual eyes but then when when the big picture comes into view it is just I'm always in awe. It's just amazing. And I am always, always in awe of what God does. Be sure to tune in next week as we will finish up part three with Michelle Bentham. Remember to be a hope seeker. Seek hope and share it with someone else. Remember that something inside of you, the story, the testimony, the encouragement that you have, when you share it, it brightens this world and somebody else needs to hear that. So... Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you will be back with us next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Accidental Hope. Remember to seek hope and share it. Come back next week. Bye. Happy Music Number 7 brought to you by scottholmesmusic.com